Welcome to Hardcore Penn State Football. Recruiting is in full swing. Official visit season is just all over the place. Kids are coming in and visiting during the week. Another big visit weekend upcoming. A lot to talk about there, as well as a new commit. And potentially two more new commits by the time you might be listening to this. I uh, got some random kind of things to talk about Penn State-wise, then we will finish with some fan questions. Thanks for being here, everybody. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Football. I'm Corey Lestoki. With me, as always, the great Sean Kane. How are you doing today, Sean? Not too bad, Corey. Happy Friday, Junior, to you, sir. Yeah, Friday, Junior is a good way to put it. We're recording on Thursday, um, and that is 100% my fault. But um, I don't know how often we've recorded on Thursdays. I feel like sometimes we've done Tuesday, but I feel like Thursday hasn't happened too often. In, in the world of Penn State, hardcore Penn State football. You know, uh, going back a while, um, going back to last season, I remember the original plan was to record every Thursday. But then we thought, you know, probably be better on Wednesday to do it so that it gives people a couple of days to listen to the show. But, yeah, I think since we made that decision, we haven't done it Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, that you know what I mean. I still think that was the right decision. I do but, too. But I, I think Wednesday night, by by Thursday, people are itching and ready for like pre-game kind of look ahead stuff, right? And, and so you Wednesday night, you still get Thursday morning commuters as well as Thursday afternoon commuters. If, if we waited till Thursday night to do it. I think, yeah, that might be the right, correct mood, but I think then you only get Friday morning commuters and you only get Friday night or afternoon commuters. You might lose a little bit there. You might lose a little bit. So I think that's the right decision, but 
Um, I, I like it. I, I think Wednesday night is like the perfect. We, we turn the page and it also kind of gets me ready. Um, like I feel like I'm in game mode starting on Thursday, which is which is pretty cool. I'm ready to strap out a helmet right right then and there. Well, I'll to get you a helmet this year then, I think. But for people <laughs> that have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> for people that are new to the pod or maybe just started listening in the spring, um, we will be going back to two nights a week, probably sometime mid-August, late August maybe. Um, and we'll be back on live on YouTube hopefully in July. Uh, for those that like to watch the show on YouTube, which we will get back to. Um, so keep that in mind. Um, Sean, I wanted to start off the show by asking you a question. Penn State offered 2028 quarterback Christopher Vargas a scholarship yesterday. And if you were driving your car and you, you're not sure if you quite heard me correctly, yes, I said 2028. If you're trying to do the math in your head, he is indeed an eighth grader. So Penn State offered an eighth grader, a quarterback, uh, a scholarship already. And first of all, it's just impressive that a kid gets that much attention. He's a pretty tall kid already for being in eighth grade. But um, it's also kind of a sign of civility, right? Because James Franklin has offered a scholarship to someone who isn't even in high school yet. So there's a sense there that James Franklin plans, or at least doesn't have any other plans as of June 22nd, 2023 of going anywhere else. But Sean, my question to you is, should college football teams be allowed to offer middle schooler scholarships? Should, should we even be allowed to do that? <laughs> um, probably probably not, uh, to, to be completely honest with you. You know, maybe wait till the middle of their uh, freshman year. But, you know, even if there was a rule, I think there'd be a lot of unofficial handshake offers in place um, already because guys could start camping at Penn State, I think, as soon as – or camping in general as soon as seventh or eighth grade. So I think there'd be a lot of already, like, wink-wink offers to kids. Like uh, Derek Williams, for example – when he was in seventh or eighth grade, he went to a Penn State camp and he just blew everyone away and everybody knew the guy was going to be really good. Now, Joe didn't officially offer him until like his sophomore year. Now kids get offered earlier than that all the time. But Joe kind of told them, yeah, you're going to get offered here as long as you know you stay on track and everything. So I feel like there's no real way to prevent that. But if you want to do a rule, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah, yeah. As far as the logistical means of enforcing the rule, I I don't know how you do that, but from a ethical standpoint, yeah. And honestly, I'm just impressed that they've pulled the trigger on something like that. Usually, Penn State, I mean, Penn State does a fantastic job with their evaluations. Uh, the athletic just had the athletic every year redrafts the 29th or redrafts a uh, a previous recruiting class. Now that they know where most of those guys are doing and, and have done, and they base it off of all Americans and awards and where they got picked in the NFL draft. Penn State I think finished fourth with a 2019 class that just came out, 
and they do one every year. Um, and Penn State is among only five programs in the last whatever amount of years that have been in, in the top 25 every single year that they've done this. And those other programs are Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, and I don't know who the other one was. Clemson. Clemson. So, I mean, they, uh, they're they evaluating talent and they're building talent very effectively. But this is a little bit different in the sense of getting out early on somebody um, before they're even like – we talk about late bloomers from like junior to senior years. I mean, this guy potentially hasn't even bloomed his first time, let alone, you know, his junior year to his senior year. So this is kind of a – I mean, it's probably not a big risk as much as it's just planting the seed. But in a sense, it's it's kind of a big deal, Sean. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think so. I, I think in a way, just because it's kind of unique to the head coach. Like, I, I think I used to hear about guys like Lane Kiffin offering kids early a lot. So if Lane was the coach up here, I probably wouldn't be as surprised. But with Franklin, it is a little it is a little bit more rare, I suppose. A lot more rare. Yeah, I really don't yeah, know I, if anybody as soon as eighth grade being offered. Like Micah was Micah Parsons was offered early, but I don't think he was in eighth grade. No, I don't think it was that early either. Um, yeah, I, I, there's definitely a little bit more of that in the South, but still, it, it, it's crazy. Um, speaking of evaluating quarterback talent, uh, recent quarterback commit Penn, for the Penn State, Ethan Grunkmeyer was at the Elite 11, Sean, and went out there and performed very well. Got a lot of praise. I didn't realize how athletic he was. He's, they said he was one of the fastest shuttle times uh, among quarterbacks. Uh, according to somebody over at the athletic, so he, he's got a little bit of a wiggle to him, and I believe he had some pretty pretty solid accuracy for for the for the entire weekend. So um, Grunkemeyer going out there and doing some good things, Sean. No, he's got the wiggles, um, and I that kind of came off the screen a little bit to me when I was watching some of his highlights. Uh, you know, does a good job of keeping his eyes downfield and everything. And the one thing that um, you know, now I don't, you know, I don't watch, you know, as, as much film on these guys as the guys that cover recruiting for a living. Like they watch his good film, his bad film and his mediocre film. But the people and the people who do that said the number one thing that stands out to, to them about Greg Myers is consistency. And that was apparently uh, evident out at the elite 11 too. That's something that I saw a lot of writers picking up on that Grunkmeyer just, you know, steady Eddie all the way. And if you heard Franklin say steady Eddie before, uh, you have. And those guys tend to play a lot for him. Uh, James Franklin likes consistency. And that's what it looks like Grunkmeyer is going to be able to bring to the table. And I expect him to rise up the recruiting charts a little bit as time goes on. Yeah, I, I think he's gonna be a four-star guy when it's all said and done. I just there's just no way, in my opinion, that, that doesn't happen. So um, pay attention there. Obviously, there's 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 a lot before that is all set in, in stone. But um, yeah, that that's cool to see too. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, how about Sean Clifford? Impressing in rookie OTAs? I guess not rookie OTAs. 
all OTAs because Jordan Love was out there too. And in the two-minute drill, I believe Sean Clifford was like 7 of 9 for 75 yards and a touchdown. And Jordan Love threw a pick during his two-minute drill. And so just 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 throwing it out there, Sean. I know I know we haven't even got to official mandatory training camp yet, but Clifford not doing bad things. And if you remember back when Hackenberg was with the Jets, there was not a lot of good things coming out of Jets camp at all ever. Like they no. said he had a like a strong arm, but like we didn't hear anything really positive like this um at all. So this is already kind of a good start for Sean Clifford. And and I know they have what Danny Etling is, is over there as well, but um, I, so far so good for Mr. Sean Clifford. Yeah. I mean, I think realistically um, it would be great if he could make the team and be the second string quarterback. Um, now, of course we would love to see Sean start, but Politics of the NFL. Jordan loves a first round guy. They're going to ride with him this year. Um, but, you know, Cliff's playing to his strengths. He's always been pretty good in the two minute. Uh, look no further than the Purdue game last year. I mean, he's always, that, that's always been kind of something that he did well and he executed well. So, you know, just great to see it um, kind of building and kind of building off of, of uh, his positive his positive trajectory that he's been on really since uh, New Year's was New Year's January 2nd uh, at the Rose Bowl. Uh, and, and you know something, there's a reason a team takes in the fifth round. And that means that they have at least some faith that you could compete. And Sean's doing it. Sean's a competitor and... That, that's that's what he does. Have have you heard much about Joey Porter Jr. at Steelers camp? Yes, we've we've heard. I, I saw one report that he's already going to be pushing for starting role. Like he he's coming in with a, a professional mindset to things, and he's got the he's got the right, I guess, approach to it, and. They're they're expecting him to probably start at one of the corner spots. That that was a little bit ago, so maybe things have changed a little bit. But I think they're pretty happy with Joey Porter Jr. right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I saw some NFL guys say that you know young guy like year rookie year guys to year two or three guys to watch out for um, is uh, somebody who was on that list was um, Jaquan Brisker. So. Um, I'm looking for Brisker to maybe make a Pro Bowl run. So a lot to be optimistic about for PSU and the NFL guys. I have a feeling we're going to have yeah. longer and longer know. segments as the year go, years go along yes. on that. <laughs> yes, the segments are definitely going to get longer. And that is one of our favorite segments uh, during the regular season. And it's fun to be talking about secondary, guys. I don't know if we ever mentioned this. I, I don't think we did. Adrian Amos signed a one-year deal with the New York Jets. I don't think we mentioned that yet, so I'm glad you brought that up because um, Amos was able to, uh, to get a new deal with the Jets worth a couple million dollars, so so good for him. Um, he's been in the league now for five, seven years now, so he's he's getting up there. Long, I think longer than that, right? 
He left after Franklin's twenty first year, I believe, right? So yeah, so he was in a twenty fourteen draft. So yeah, I guess. Yeah. Oh, almost ten years. Yeah. 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 He made a lot of money too. So. Yeah. Very successful career. I just wish he, along with seems like everybody else, wasn't going to teams I hate. But it's great to see him yeah. still making a big impact. Well, speaking of that, we'll see hopefully two Penn State basketball players get drafted here yes. um, in like an hour or so uh, with, with, with Jalen Pickett and, and Seth Lundy. Um, both, I think, are projected to get taken in the, in the NBA draft, which will be pretty sweet. I thought I saw one where Jalen Pickett might end up with the Nuggets, which would be which would be really cool. So not not bad to go to the NBA champions. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, a couple of my buddies today, we were just talking about Seth Lundy. And, God, Seth really fits what the NBA wants to do in terms of guy with size and just your tradition, not now a traditional 3 and D type guy. So I have a feeling he's going he's gonna to find a place and stick around a while. And then Pickett, I mean, the guy's a playmaker. Uh, he's that he's just as athleticism. He has his athleticism working against him. But I don't know if there's anybody to bet on Jalen Pickett. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth Lundy, the quick release on the three, the ability to take the three, somewhat ability to drive. And then, yeah, like you said, the defense. I, yeah, he, he'll be fine, I think. Um, two more random things for you, Sean. Uh, ben Jones interviewed athletic director Patrick Kraft. And for all you hockey fans out there, Patrick Kraft said, hey, as soon as the NHL calls, we are all in. And that is a quote. We are all in uh, to host the Winter Classic um, if they want to. So keep an eye out for that at Beaver Stadium, that is. So um, seems like at least the athletic department wants it to happen. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think there's going to be more coming out with Ben Jones in, in the coming days with the interviews with Patrick Kraft and, and uh, James Franklin. But I thought that was sort of interesting and potentially might see some hockey getting played in Beaver Stadium. And I would probably bet in the next 10 years, Penn State hosts the Winter Classic. I feel like that's a safe bet. Yeah, I think there's a good chance. I mean, the, the thing with the thing that could I, that might play against Penn State. I mean, everybody's going to talk about the stadium itself, and you know, in the winter, it's just such a big stadium. Like this, you know, come close to a sellout, and maybe they won't be aiming for a sellout, but it, it's kind of for me, it's kind of hard to imagine a sellout um, hockey game at Beaver Stadium. Am I wrong? Am I being too hard on hockey? As a hockey fan myself? I don't know. I think I, I think be very weather dependent. How about that? I'll just say that. Yeah, because it's also in the middle of nowhere and I don't know. I, I I've always thought I've always kind of been the cold water. I think they could sell out of classic nice at Penn State, but um, if it's a nice day, I bet they would sell it out. Yeah, it's a big stadium. But you never know. Hockey fans are crazy. So <laughs> it yeah, could definitely yeah. happen. And there, I mean, Penn State and the surrounding areas have a, a pretty solid love, passion for hockey. But it would, it, if they had Philly versus Pittsburgh, 
I think they could do it. Yeah, I think they but need that. You might see Buffalo come in there. I don't know. But if you could get Philly versus yeah. Pittsburgh, I think I think you could I think you could get it done. Um the only other thing I was gonna say about that was was I gonna say anything else about that? I don't know. I don't think so. No, I think I'm good there. Um my only other point, random point that I had this week was a friend of the pod, Coach Joe Moore, head coach of Akron, was in state college with his son at the quarterback camp. Got I saw him a uh, picture taken with him and Mike Yersich talking. I wonder if they're coming up with some new plays. Uh, but it's always nice to see Joe Mo back in town. Always have a soft spot in my heart for, for, for Joe Mo. Yeah, one goat talking to another goat. Um, happy to – always good to see Joe Mo back in town and, you know, yucking it up with Yersich. And I don't think Akron's on the schedule for a while, which, you know, feels like we always played them every few years. But – I don't think they're on the schedule for a while, so it might be a, might be a while until we see Jomo back in, back at the beef. Yeah, we'll have to uh, have to wait. Charles Huff will be back. Uh, you ready to talk? Years, oh, that's a good point. I didn't think yeah. about that. I would Everybody imagine he probably has. Yeah, I, I imagine he might have a better job by then. No offense to Marshall fans out there, uh, we are Marshall, but he will. <laughs> Probably have a better job by then, but we'll see. Uh, you ready to talk recruiting, Sean? Let's talk recruiting. Okay, so I'm going to make you go back to last year. I think we made the bet right around this time. And the bet was, if I remember correctly, was it over under five recruits? Or oh, over yeah. under four recruits in July? I think we said I like five. five. I think it was five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good episode. And we ended up with six, right? Yeah. They, but it, then one, up did, the over. one did decommit. So, no, I think that included the decommit. Oh, did it include the decommit? Yeah, I remember it. Like, July started off awesome, and then we lost. Oh, like, oh you're right. You're right. You're right. But it wasn't... But it wasn't... Um, I don't think it was one of the guys that committed. Like in that span, I think it was someone that was. I think T.J. Parker was. was already committed, so it wasn't like it wasn't like somebody who had committed in July decommitted because I wouldn't have counted that. Correct. I don't think, but I think T.J. Parker committed it like before we did the bet. So, yeah, I think that's how it worked. Because yeah, yeah, I think we ended up with five coming out, but it was six, it was six commits at the at the at, in January or in July. Um, and if you remember, it was actually like right around this time. Like we gave the last week of June and July. So it was more like five or six weeks. Right. And so, Sean, knowing what we might know that's coming tomorrow, uh-huh. again, I'm going to ask you, Penn State over and under five commits from today till the end of July. Not, not. Five and a half. I'm saying five. So you got to go with either four or six. All right. So we're not counting. So we're not counting Denmark. Wait, we're uh, counting. No, we're not going to count Denmark. Denmark we're already committed. Kind of buried the lead there a little bit, but. Yeah, sorry about that. Yes. Uh, 
quick math here brought to you by Sean Kane. Yes, I was not a math major. Um, Our one buddy told us we're not allowed to do math anymore on the show because the last time we did math, it was didn't go well. Yeah, I think I could handle this one, but I will go with over. You know, I don't even know if that was optimistic as much as it was like pragmatic. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the over. I will count the guys. I think Penn State will get between now and the end of April. Uh, not April, end of July. I think I've said January and you've said April. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think they end up with Josiah Brown tomorrow. I think they end up with Peter Gonzalez tomorrow. Um, and then I know there are a bunch of guys on July 1st. Uh, I'll say Benedict Dume. Nick Marsh, I think. But that one still kind of scares me a little bit. Uh, T.A. Cunningham. And maybe Jeray Hawkins. Hmm. I would swap him out with Pele Pele. Oh, yeah. Maybe Pele Pele. Yeah. Maybe him. That's what I'll go with. Same. So, yeah. I, I think they go over. So we're, we're in. We're in a little bit more agreement this year. Over. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's, I'm let's like, go I'm through those guys a little bit. Let's let's talk about the. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm with you. I think, honestly, Sean, I am impressed where Penn State is. I didn't think they would be in this position at June 22nd. To be honest with you, I mean, they're they're racking in commits. They've got a top 10 class as of right now. And they're doing really well. Uh, I think they actually might have a chance to keep it top 10. And I really didn't think that was going to be the case back in January. I was like looking at the, the prospects. Um, they've missed out on a couple guys. Uh, notably, Jamonte Waller, who committed to Florida uh, the other day. And, and there's been other guys, too. But um, they've really, on some of the guys, we were like, well, we haven't really heard much. They have found ways. And I think the official visits that they've had so far in June have been fantastic, which that's always the case. But they, um, they're they in a way better position than I thought they would be on, you know, at this point. So kudos to them. I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say they're going to end up with a top 10 class, uh, but they are they're doing much better than I thought they would be. No, same here. Um, you know, it's. It, it's hard to make predictions on how a class is going to go either way before the official visits really get going. Um, and, and that goes in both a positive and negative direction because Penn State, the official visits are always the big selling points. But on the other hand, um, other schools also have really impressive official visits and kids get, uh, they get wooed and then 
that's where they end up going. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we kind of came out of, we're coming out of June smelling like a rose a little bit, uh, no pun intended. And yeah, I feel like they have a chance at a top 10 class now. I don't think it's written in stone, but just seeing the way, um, the way the receivers are coming together. Um, we have a commit to talk about, and then it looks like, you know, there's going to, there are going to be two more guys that get picked up, uh, that get picked up tomorrow. So that's going to be three of them within a couple of days. And we're, we're still getting offers out to guys. So I don't think Marquise Higgins is done recruiting the wide receiver position yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably why I'm more optimistic is because we're starting to see a little bit more of a clearer picture when it comes to the receiver recruiting. Uh, and we'll start with four-star wide receiver Tassier Denmark, who was a who was an Oregon commit and he flipped to Penn State. Uh, he's from Central Catholic in Philly. And when he committed to Oregon, it was a little bit of a blow. And he was supposed to visit uh, back in wherever unofficially, and he didn't. And you're like, well, that's not good. And then come to find out, you know, he, he visits Penn State after a decommit, and that's all but, you know, done. So, Sean, I know you love um, this pickup, but the one thing I got to say about it is getting into Roman, uh, Roman Catholic and getting a kid. Uh, and the receiver too, but I just think it's so important that we dive or or we dip into that high school and we continue to try to to you know build some pipelines there because a lot of good kids come out of that school over the last couple of years and anything we can do to continue to improve that relationship is is big time for for East Pennsylvania recruiting. This kid is a heck of a football player. I mean. Just watching watching his tape, I mean, he's fast. He is just, he plays in a tough league. And it, he kind of, he, he looks like he's always the one standing out. And I love everything about his film. Um, and like you said, coming from Roman Catholic, uh, Penn State basketball fans know that uh, one of the things Pat Chambers did well was recruit Roman Catholic card, and it's got a lot of a lot of good a lot of good athletes in Philly, and it's the Marquise Hagen's effect, and it's probably also the Dion Barnes effect a little bit, you know, getting into Philadelphia where Penn State, uh, you know, a couple of years prior to now uh, had you know ran into a bit of a snag, so I mean it, we were both bummed when he went when he decided to commit to Oregon, but Penn state stayed with him. Uh, he made, he kind of surprised everybody and officially visited last weekend. And on Monday or Tuesday, he committed from Oregon. And then it was pretty clear that he was going to end up in Penn state's class. So uh, this is, this is a big one. And this, this, this makes three of the top uh, prospects in Pennsylvania, Penn state commits. And that's what you want. That's what you want. That's how you build a program uh, to be uh, well where we are, and then to go where we, and then to go to where we want to be. So, 
big props to Franklin and the staff for staying with this kid. And now we got him, guys. Yeah, Penn State now has a one, two, and three best players in the state of Pennsylvania. Denmark, top 300 player overall in the country. Top 100 wide receiver. I think he's like 60, um, give or take, depending on where you look. So, so um, unanimous four-star and just a huge pickup. And it's wide receiver coach uh, Marcus Hagan's first wide receiver commit, too. So, um and, and it's kind of an interesting one because I don't know how much the relationship he had with Denmark before he got to Penn State, but I'm guessing Denmark already had a decent relationship with, you know, previous receiver coach. And so to be, to be able to come in here and, and not just sustain the relationship, but actually can maybe win Denmark over. I think that's, that's really fantastic. So um, credit to Marcus Hagens there. I think Marcus Hagens deserves probably some more credit because as you mentioned, Sean, the receiver recruiting for the week is probably not over. Uh, let's talk just Josiah Brown first. Four-star wide receiver. I believe he's the number one player out of the state of New York. Um, did play some safety as well, but I, I believe Penn State's recruiting him as a wide receiver. Uh, was scheduled to go to Georgia this weekend, but don't believe he'll be heading there because he'll be committing to somewhere tomorrow. Um, what are your thoughts on Josiah Brown, Sean? Yeah, this one, again, a bit of a surprise to me. Um, I actually thought, and, you know, laugh if you want, but I thought Rutgers let on him for a while. And then, you know, he, again, official visits, visits Penn State, and all of a sudden, he has a commitment day tomorrow. And he was supposed to visit Georgia this coming weekend, and that tells me that he was probably a quote-unquote take for Georgia, but he's committing before, before his official, before uh, he was supposed to take an official visit, and he's not that official visit's not happening anymore. So yeah, this is a bit of a surprise for me, but a very welcome one because the guy's a heck of a football player. And you're right, Penn State's going to be playing him at receiver. Uh, if he, as long as he does end up committing here, and I think he's going to be a good one. Uh, another addition to pet, <clears throat> another uh, receiver addition, and I still think provided hit him and certain somebody else commits tomorrow, I still think there are going to be two, uh, one or two more receivers in this class. But it's a heck of a way to start uh, for Hagens, and that's yeah. part of why uh, we, that's part of why we hired yeah. him. I, I feel like I should have mentioned too that that Denmark will be a slot guy, um, and and so Brown uh, maybe maybe won't be playing as much in the slot. Uh, but I wanted to mention Denmark in the slot because that that's where they plan to use him. Uh, Brown, like I said, played some safety. Uh, really, honestly, maybe not completely polished as far as wide receiver yet. Has only played wide receiver uh, really the last couple of years. Um, but but it's very clear the the raw ability of Brown. Um, next wide receiver I wanted to mention, Gonzo, if you will. If we're going back to the Gonzo route, Peter Gonzalez, uh, another wide receiver who plans to make his decision tomorrow. Uh, Four-star guy. What are your thoughts on on Peter Gonzalez, Sean? Yeah, again, heck of a football player. Uh, just, you know, 
good size at uh, at six two and a half. Uh, about we'll give him a six three. Give him six three. I'm about five ten and a half, so I go by five eleven. So I'll do the same just, thing with just him. Just round it up. up a yeah, you always just round, always it, up round it up. I understand how that goes. So I'm gonna say six three. Um, Pittsburgh Central Catholic. That's uh, you know big school out in Pittsburgh. Uh, school that Penn State's had some success in the past uh, recruiting, and you know had an injury last season. I believe he tore his ACL, so that kind of sucked, obviously. And it took a little while, supposedly, before Penn State gave him uh, the the go ahead to commit. And I think this kid loves Penn State, and he you know combine that with him being you know. Good receiver, good good ball skills, good size, um, and they ran him at a camp a couple weeks back. He ended up running the four fives, and Penn State supposedly said that's good enough for us. So that offer was good to go, according to uh, uh, Tyler Calvaruzzo over twenty four seven Sports, and it looks like he's going to end up in this class now. Fun fact: His father actually went to Pitt and played at Pitt, so little. Uh, little bit of the Penn State pet rivalry in the Gonzalez household. Yeah, and, and I think mostly, I think he is technically a three-star. I think I said four-star a second ago, but uh, maybe some of that, again, to, to what John said, still a little bit questionable because of the injury. Uh, I also think it's very funny that Penn State could land two wide receivers in the state of Pennsylvania from opposite sides of the state that are both in private Catholic schools. Um and Roman Catholic and Central Catholic. So that that's a little funny to me. Um, but Gonzalez is a guy that I think is going to fly a little bit under the radar, but I think that size separates him a little bit from the other guys. And I think I think that's probably the first thing that – James Franklin, I think, really likes wide receivers that have some size. Like you go back and uh, – like Jordan Matthews back in Vanderbilt had some size to him. And I, I think James Franklin is a little, little bit of a sucker for that. Um, just a little hunch there, but I, he likes having a couple guys in his building that that can go up and get the ball, help the wide receiver out a little bit. And there's no no difference there. So we'll, we'll see what happens with those guys. But uh, both Brown and Gonzalez make their commitment tomorrow. Uh, I think one's in the afternoon. I'm not sure if Gonzalez has the time set, but you don't really need to know because we both, uh, Sean and I both think both, Wide receivers will be committing to Penn State tomorrow. That's the expectation. Uh, should be a good day for us tomorrow. And uh, good news is, guys, I think the you know party's not going to stop there. We're going to keep going. And last couple of years, last few years now, uh, late June, early July has been a good time to be a Penn State fan. And um, God, July will take us to August, and then. We all know what happens in August. Indeed. Indeed. Um, I wanted to talk Nick Marsh, wide receiver, four-star guy. We've talked about Nick Marsh a bunch, but he has officially set a date of July 7th for his commitment. Um, Penn State very much in the running there as well. And I believe, Sean, that's kind of like the the icing on the cake, right? That was – I guess maybe two weeks ago, the, the the number one target for Penn State, or, or at least in our eyes, and now they've got a couple other guys, but that would really solidify this class. They're going to end up taking a bunch of players in this class, like potentially almost 30, if not 30, and 
there's going to be a lot of really good good receivers that end up at Penn State in this class. But Nick Marsh, I think, is the is, is the prize jewel, if you will, the crown jewel, if you will, for the receiving department. Yeah, yeah, he's the best prospect in all likelihood. Well, according to the services, he's the best prospect out of all of them. Um, it's I might like Denmark a little better. And that's not a slight on Marsh at all, but I just I just think Tyser Denmark's going to be a great college football player. Like, I I think that highly of him. But man, it would be it would be amazing if they could land all four of those guys. And then I still think they're going to add a fifth. I think Jere Hawkins uh, wouldn't be shocked at all if he ended up in the class. Uh, and they they have, they have their. Uh, Penn State has their names in the hat. It has their name in the hat for a few other guys. Um, yeah, there's. You're seeing why Penn State no longer has Taylor Stubblefield. Uh, I think Stubbs, you know, did a pretty good job with us, but you're seeing why James Franklin thought there there is uh, a, a need to make a change, and. Not sure what happened there, if he was asked to leave or Franklin fired him or if it was a mutual parting of ways, but you could see it in these last few weeks why uh, they brought Hagens in. Yeah, Nick Marsh, another another big wide receiver, 6'3", 200 pounds yep. um, from Michigan. Michigan State involved there as well. Um, yep. You mentioned talking to Junior from IMG. I wanted to mention a Hardly Gilmore the fourth, who's a four-star athlete who has reclassified. He's a 2025 originally. Now he's 2024. He'll be visiting this upcoming weekend. Uh, another potential wide receiver there that Penn State. I, I don't want to even say Penn State is heavily involved there, but he, they got an official visit. And like Sean said, you know, you get an official visit to Penn State. Yeah, you know, that, that's a very good sign if you're a Penn State fan. So. Uh, just maybe keep keep an eye out there with Hardly Gilmore the fourth, and then Sean, we got to talk defensive tackle uh, before we get out of the recruiting realm because uh, there were a couple crystal balls and whatever the heck rivals uses and whatever the heck on three uses uh, all over the place on Twitter for defensive linemen. May guy Sean, when we talked in like April. Where I was like, if they want to have a top ten class, you know, Ume's got to be on that list. And I was, I don't really know if he is that much. He's very much a part of that list now. Lots of people are saying he's going to be committing to Penn State uh, on July. Is it July first for for Ume as well? Yeah, I think he's one of those July first sure. guys. Okay. Okay. And and that'd be a huge. That that's the the big one. That's the the enchilada, if you will. Um, that on the long defensive line. But there's a couple other guys, too. Four-star Miami Catholic defensive lineman, T.A. Cunningham, you mentioned earlier. And then my guy, David Pele Pele, defensive lineman, technically a three-star guy, originally from Alaska. Um, last time we spoke, I said, don't give up on this, Sean. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if, if David's listening to the show, but everyone kept telling me afterwards, even um, – Dylan, PSU Dylan was like, no, no, he's going to go to Michigan. And then USC is, you know, right behind them. Well, I, I think Penn State's very much in the running there still. So um, don't give up on my boy, David Pele Pele, because I really want him to come to Penn State. <laughs> 
I've never really wanted a kid to come to school before until this guy, just because, again, he's from Alaska. You know, I I graduated high school in Alaska. Definitely want this guy from just a selfish perspective. (laughs) I think Penn State's trending with all those guys. I expect all of them to end up in the class. Uh, Pele Pele, yeah, I'm one of the surprised people. Uh, I thought he was either, you know, he grew up in a USC house and then Michigan came along. I thought Penn State was probably going to get the bronze medal there. But now it looks like things are trending towards Penn State's direction. And hey, how are these official visits, man? Um, He's another guy that I think could rise up the recruiting charts a little bit. And it's also important, you know, when you're looking at when you're looking at these prospects and everybody's going to go right to star ratings and everything. And look, we do too. It's important to look at, but you also have to take into account the offer sheet because Jim Harbaugh doesn't offer like scrubs to play defensive tackle. Uh, it just doesn't happen. Like, um, and USC, they're recruiting in the top 10, and I, I know Lincoln Riley in defense, but Lincoln Riley always recruits well, um, and they're recruiting in the top 10. Michigan has the number one or two recruiting class in the country, so they wouldn't be uh, recruiting this kid if he couldn't play, and I think he could play. Uh, Benedict Dume, he's one of the best players in the country. On three sports, has him as a top 30 overall player. Uh, so that's where we see him as a top 30 overall player. Uh, we know the rule there. Um, and I think he's going to end up in this class. According to his coach, this is on his on three. It's it's free. It's it's on his on three recruiting uh, profile. Uh, Benedict Dume doesn't have an ounce of fat on him. So he's, you know, pretty large human being. He's uh, 6'5", 260 pounds. He doesn't have an ounce of fat. And that just shows you a lot about his commitment as a kid in high school to take care of yourself in such a way. Uh, reminds me a lot of how uh, Denai Dennis Sutton was too coming in uh, just from a, from a maturity level. Um, and then what's the other defense tackle we were just talking about? Cunningham. Cunningham. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. T.A. Cunningham. Um, that was, so early on in the process, he was rated a lot higher than he is now. He's still a four-star prospect. I think at all the services, but I don't really know why he dropped, but he's again, great football player. Uh, Penn State kind of, it seems like they kind of hung around with him. Like you didn't hear his name a whole lot come up, um, on the, uh, on Penn State pods or, you know, people talk about Penn State recruiting, but Penn State always stayed in the mix with him. And it looks like it's about to pay off. And it looks like a Penn State, maybe NC State battle. Um, he He's a, he's a Miami guy, and I think he's going to, I think he's going to end up at Penn State. So, um, yeah, I'm thrilled. Uh, I'm thrilled with how Deion Barnes has started off um, as the defense, as the new defensive line coach at Penn State. Yeah, I just got to ask you about a couple other guys here, defensive lineman guys um, that I wanted to mention. Uh, and just, I, I don't even know 
how close or where they're at, but I wanted to ask you, uh, Nigel Smith visited a couple weeks ago. I, I think Ohio State's pretty heavily involved. Oklahoma thinks pretty heavily involved, but any thoughts on Nigel Smith? Is there any chance Penn State's still in the running there? I think yeah, you know, Texas too. I'll be honest with you. I haven't heard a lot about Nigel Smith in the past few weeks since he's been at Penn State. I know he had a great time in his official visit and Penn State's supposedly right in the mix, but there are a lot of big schools after him. So I'm not sure if he ends up at Penn State, but last, last I know, Penn State's still heavily in the running there. Yeah, and what about Liam Andrews? Uh, listed as an offensive lineman, but I believe Penn State wants him on the defensive line. Uh, for a while there, I thought it was almost a done deal, but it just seems to kind of be dragging on a little bit there. Uh, any any thoughts there, Sean? Yeah, it looks like a Penn State-Wisconsin battle, and I don't know. I, I think this kid's coming to Penn State. I really do. I don't know when he's going to uh, decide. I, I don't think he's announced a commitment date, but if gun to my head right now, I'd say he ends up at Penn State, but I I also just have a feeling he hasn't decided himself yet, so it's it's hard to tell with him, but I, I think it's going to, from everything that the recruiting experts have said, it's probably going to be a Penn State-Wisconsin battle, because that kid is awesome. And what about he's an awesome football player? Yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah, some. Uh, I don't, you know, the thing that concerns me about him though is I don't know too many good football players named Liam. Liam Clifford, future Moncongi well, of Penn State wide receivers. Yeah, I'm gonna be nice. <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. Okay, I was not sure, John. Um. Uh, the only other thing I was thinking of was a uh, guy that maybe slips through the cracks a little bit that probably shouldn't, and that's Jalen Harvey, uh, another four-star defensive lineman uh, from Maryland. Another guy we thought maybe would have committed a long time ago, just, just hadn't pulled the trigger yet. Um, thoughts on him? Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys, is the longer he hangs around, you kind of get – nervous because it looked for a while like Penn State was going to snag him but I mean he is deciding on the 4th of July so it's not like he, we're going to be waiting months um again another guy you just haven't heard a lot about he made his he made all his visits he just visited he's visiting uh Maryland this weekend actually but he's just out west at USC um and then he's got that Florida offer. Florida, it, it, if there's one school that's kicked their butt on their recruiting trail, it's been Florida. So I'm <laughs> a little worried about the Gators. But, I mean, again, if if you had to say who, where does he end up, I'd probably say Penn State. But you just don't know yet. Yeah, you know, Sean, I just realized now that we're going to get out of defensive line, we're going to talk defensive backs. I just realized uh, Vebu Torre – committed last Friday, and I we, we didn't talk about him yet. That was another commit that happened technically almost a week ago, but we hadn't had a podcast since then. So our, my mistake, I just feel like that was forever ago, just in my own mind. Um, but four-star safety, uh, top 300 overall, top five in New Jersey. Um, don't really know why we didn't 
discuss him earlier. I just kind of slipped my mind, but um, but hey, committed to uh, committed to Penn State last Friday. Kind of thought that happened a little bit before we talked about it in the last pod, but we didn't. Yeah, he's one of those guys that really started trending toward Penn State uh, when we were on our hiatus. And then, yeah, we just, you know, last Friday just seems like forever ago for everybody, but um, for me as well. Uh, but yeah, this this is a kid Penn State fans are going to like because he's kind of an old school Penn State safety and that he loves to lay the wood. Uh really gets after after the ball. You can just tell he loves to hit. And, um, you know, another guy that we got from Jersey, uh, we've talked a lot about our, um, our struggles in years past in Jersey, but he's going, he ends up being, um, I think he's the first guy of this class from New Jersey and uh, to commit to Penn State. Uh, he had a, I, I think Penn State fans, at least I expected, I expected him to come to Penn State, but I thought it would be later because he had that Oklahoma visit scheduled. He ended up canceling the Oklahoma visit and committing to Penn State last week. So our defensive back room is loaded. <laughs> I mean, and having guys, having guys like Tig Brown and Jaquan Brisker really help. I mean, it's just at this point, it's just disgusting how how I mean, they've got so much talent at this defensive back room coming in next year. Uh, you, you got Torre, you got Dewan Lane that we talked about last week. Uh, you've got um, Kenneth Wosley. You've got um, probably the best defensive back in the in the class and John Mitchell and then his teammate as well and Antoine Belgrave shorter. And then the real reason I brought up the defensive backs to begin with is we don't think Penn State's done here. Uh, Jameer Grimsley, Sean, another Catholic school, Tampa Catholic, obviously in Tampa Bay, Florida, a four-star guy, very, very high on Penn State as well. He's a top 300 uh, prospect in the country. Uh, how, how are you feeling about Penn State landing him? Um, so he visited, uh, Alabama this past week. So, I mean, we always talk about certain schools you always get worried about. And Bama's still one of those schools. You know, you go, you see all those national championships, you see, you know, the GOAT himself, Nick Saban. And it, it kind of puts you at a bit, bit of a disadvantage, um, but is Penn State still right in it? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's going to be between Penn State and Alabama. Uh, James Franklin has beaten Alabama out for guys before, uh, but looks like he might have to do it again. And but you know the, the the positive thing is recruiting is all about momentum, not not exclusively, but momentum plays a huge role. And I could I could see Grimsley join this class and. Deciding to add to that excitement, add to that momentum, uh, but it's he's going to be a tough haul, and you also have to factor in Florida kid. So it's <laughs> Florida recruiting 
tends to be a bit of a roller coaster. But yeah, Penn State's still right in the thick of it for. Yeah, Brett Greenberg from Bama 24-7 says that Jameer Grimsley has Alabama in his top three after his official OV. And then Florida actually held Grimsley on campus on Tuesday. And then he's heading to Michigan this weekend. So he's he's getting around a lot of different places. So we'll have to kind of wait and see with him. But, I mean, Penn State has done a fantastic job uh, in Florida, given given the geographic issues and challenges that are that that take place with that but they've they've done really well in that so we'll have to wait and see there i think it helps when you have a couple other florida guys on the roster and you have a couple other florida guys in this class i think that that goes a long way so um sean any other guys you want to mention before we kind of get to the fan questions um um give me a second yeah, we talked about um, oh Alex Taylor uh, actually visited Penn State this weekend, uh, not this weekend, uh, this week. I believe that was, I think that was for his official visit. So I'd look out for him uh, to, uh, you know, I don't know if he comes to Penn State, but Penn State will be in that one. Uh, Clemson seems to be the leader right now, uh, and it just kind of underscores that Penn State um, they're not done recruiting receivers yet. Uh, and Malachi Williams, um, I believe he visited earlier in the month. Penn State is still, you know, I think looks good. Uh, he visit he visits Pitt this weekend, so look out for Malachi Williams to, uh, you know, Penn State. Look out for Penn State to be heavily involved in his, in recruited in his recruitment as well. And DeAndre Cook. Uh, visited this past weekend and Penn State has a couple crystal balls and for him he's out of Washington DC a defensive tackle. Yeah, yeah, Brian Robinson was a defensive lineman that also visited I think in the middle of the week um that I wanted to mention and um I thought there was one other person that visited during the week that I wanted to mention but I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. Um Oh, that's what I wanted to mention. We did say that the five-star wide receiver, Jeremiah Smith, was going to visit Penn State. He ended up canceling that visit and going to Miami. So you can write that one off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was always a kind of a pipe dream. But, yeah, you know, you would have liked to see him come up for an official because you never know. I really don't want him to go to Ohio State either because yeah. he's he's a monster. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm hoping it's anybody else gets like them. Rich kind of get richer. Yeah, right. Um, maybe Miami does. That's fine with me. Yeah. They haven't been good in 20 years. Yeah. All right, fan question time. Thank you again for all the fan questions. Again, you can we always tweet out something on Monday or Tuesday, and you can throw your questions, and you can DM us your questions on Instagram. You can message us on Facebook the questions. We'll, we'll get your questions if you ask them to us any way, shape, or form. Um, today I asked for questions, but I also asked for one Penn State player you think will have the biggest jump in 2023. Um, Dorito Bandit starts off the questions. He says, biggest jump, Keandre Lambert-Smith, wide receiver Keandre Lambert-Smith. And his question, Sean, which Penn State player is most likely to win Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year? 
I'll let you go first. I'm I'm gonna go with Abdul Carter. Uh, that guy is <laughs> he's a freak of nature. I mean, he led the he led the team in sacks last year and um, didn't start what half almost half the season, and he played linebacker. So I'd go with Abdul Carter, but you know there'd be quite a few guys in the running for that. Yeah, it's tough for me. I think Abdul Carter, because of the splash play and the way he makes plays, I think we'll get him maybe some more limelight. And that's kind of part of the game when it comes to the Big Ten awards. Um, at the same time, I think you got to keep in mind two other players, and that one of them is Chop Robinson. If Chop Robinson just has one of those years where he's just unblockable, I, I think – Chop Robinson could do it. If he just has, you know, one game where he has like three or four sacks, four fumbles, and then plays well in, say, a Michigan or an Ohio State game, um, I think he could he could do it. And I also think you got to keep an eye on Kalen King. I mean, I, I know it's not common for corners to come up with a bunch of interceptions, and I think they're going to let him play on an island a little bit. Um, and I don't even know how often quarterbacks are going to be able to get the ball out there because they might be running for their lives. But if Kalen King can can come up with some interceptions and and do some fun stuff, I, I think if he locks down people, let, let's say he locks down Marvin Harrison Jr., I, I think maybe he's in a running. I know it's hard from the corner position to win that, but that's just another player I would I would maybe keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, Kalen King, I expect uh, for real this time to be the first uh, cornerback, Penn State quarterback taken in the first round. Um, the kiss of death. The kiss yeah, of death. I mean, I, I think, I don't want to assume anything here, but I think he will be. And, uh, you know, he, he might grade the highest out of all of them. But uh, like you said, it's just, it's hard to win that award from being corner unless you have like 10 interceptions. Uh, but yeah. And, and chop, Chop might be an All-American. So when you have three bona fide superstars on your defense, it really bodes well for what you're going to be able to do. And people are taking notice. I mean, all Let's these top Maddie, 10 I... defensive lists that we yeah, see, yeah. I'd say it's always included. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, Matty I.C. thinks Omari Evans slash Johnny Dixon will have the biggest jump, which I love the Johnny Dixon pick. Um, don't talk enough about Johnny Dixon. Um, his question with the PAC 12 and ACC potentially falling apart in the next few years, which teams would you like to add to the big 10 that you think would be good, realistic fits? You're allowed to pick Notre Dame also. Uh, when he said that, I, that part made me laugh. I was like, Sean's going to love that bit. <laughs> and I do. Um, as a as a resident Notre Dame hater, Corey's the resident Iowa hater. Uh, I would pick Notre Dame. Notre Dame's going to bring bring in a lot of money. Um, they're um, they're one of the biggest brands in college football, and they're a good, they're a good program. I mean, 
I think they, and from an academic standpoint, now they're not God's gift to humanity when it comes to academics, like they would make you think, but they're an excellent academic institution. So I think Notre Dame really checks all your boxes. Uh, my guess is they'll try to be chickens for as long as possible and try to avoid uh, joining a conference, but they'd be, they'd be my top pick. They also have a lot of connections to teams in the Big Ten. Michigan, Michigan State, uh, USC now, uh, and and you know they they Purdue. played Penn State, uh, Purdue. Uh, they played Penn State every year in the 1980s when they when they were both on top. So they have a lot of traditional rivalries inside the Big Ten. I I would take Washington and Oregon. Give the give USC and UCLA some love out there. Um, Realistically, I could see them taking Virginia Tech. I could see them taking someone else in the ACC that has good academics. Miami recently just joined the AAU for what that's worth as far as having that qualification to join the Big Ten. And honestly, as far as money goes, if they could get Miami, I think they would get Miami. Um, so, I mean, no, there's no rules anymore geographically. So if you if the Big Ten could go out and get Washington, Oregon, Virginia Tech, and Miami. I think they would do it in a heartbeat. I I don't know if that's true. I I saw one report saying that the SEC would only take one of Miami or Florida State. They wouldn't take both. And in my opinion, I would totally, totally take Miami over Florida State because of the market. You already have Gainesville. Gainesville is not that far away from Tallahassee. And honestly, Florida State is kind of basically just Florida as is. There's some expectation. There's some good history there. There's some good traditions. But it's all about the money. And I would be screaming to take Miami over Florida State if I was the SEC. But if, you know, if they could, I think the Big Ten would take Miami. And Virginia Tech, maybe uh, Duke, an NC State even, for that matter, I could see. But I, I think there's no rules anymore more and so whatever they can do i would love for them to pick up stanford stanford just won the like athletic director award for like having the best overall athletic programs for like all sports so you can make an argument that stanford should be involved there they got some decent well they got some decent wrestling out there they got some really good women's sports out there and obviously the academic standards and, and then the west coast reach so i guess that that's a little bit of my thoughts sean and, and yeah, you gotta you gotta get Notre Dame too. But yeah. yeah, I mean the downside to a team like Stanford, I I think they might be on the verge of de-emphasizing football, and like they just hired the head coach of Sacramento State, like to replace David Shaw. I mean, really? <laughs> I know that, that you know that they don't. You know, they're not Penn State, and they don't pretend to be. I get it. But really, you're going to get a guy who wasn't even a uh, FBS coach before? So, but, I mean, you can't, you can't, um, you can't discount the, the Bay Area. And if they were to get a team from the Bay Area, that would be, what, the five of the top five markets in the country, or five of the top six markets in the country on the Big Ten. So, I mean, I think that makes them uh, that makes them alluring for sure. 
Uh, as far as Florida State versus Miami, um, I hear what you're saying about Tallahassee not being the uh, market, but they are in Florida. And I'd argue they have just as big, if not a bigger brand than Miami. And they have better fans than Miami. And they're about an equal academic. They do have better fans. Miami. Yeah, I mean, so I kind of think that's a bit of a wash. I hear what you're saying about Miami has a bigger market, but the, 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 as, as a Dolphins fan, I kind of know a little bit about all the Miami sports. They don't care about the Hurricanes. They do not care about the Hurricanes. Miami fans in general don't care about you unless you're good. Like, they don't care about the Dolphins until they're good. Um, and they probably care about the Dolphins the most. And there's, if you look at their stadium, there are always empty seats if they're mediocre like they always are. So I kind of think it's a bit of a wash between Florida State and Miami, and maybe even Florida State has a leg up on them. Yeah, I, I, I'll be willing to have that debate for sure. I, I could be convinced. Um, just randomly was scrolling through Twitter here, and I saw that uh, Penn State freshman linebacker Tony Rojas put up 16 reps at 225 during the uh, um, uh, uplifting athletes event today uh the lift for life and so hasn't even played a down yet at penn state he's already put up 16 reps at 225 how many guys don't even put up 16 reps at the nfl combine and again they've said he's added about 30 pounds since he signed and has come to penn state yeah crazy yeah you all know my feelings about tony rojas the guy's gonna be unbelievable um, all right, our scats has a question. Uh, there, there's another question we got from Hugga Wugga uh, about Penn State realistically beating Michigan or Ohio State. I, I think we can hold off on that for a little bit. I think we can hold off on that question for a little bit. Um, but this last question from our scats. I think both Jalen Reed and Zaki Wheatley are prime for a big jump. So my question is. Am I overconfident in my thinking that Penn State safeties will be as good, if not better, than last year? What do you think of that, Sean? Um, I'm not ready to say better because there's no superstar that we know of right now in a safety room. Now, it doesn't mean that there can't be. doesn't mean that one can't develop. But I would pump the brakes a little bit. I do think that there's more depth, though. Like, Last year, if Tig went down, I mean, I wouldn't feel awful about the safety spot, but I'd definitely be a little concerned. And this year, I'd be a lot less concerned. Like, guys like KJ Winston, uh, I really wouldn't feel great about playing every game last year, but I would this year. Uh, same thing with like uh, Makai Flowers just wasn't ready last year. I think he will be this year. I think you're probably going to see his best football 2024 and beyond. But he's he's a guy that's going to be ready. And then you have uh, Zaki Wheatley, 
who, you know, I hope is ready to step into that starting job. You still have Jalen Reed. It seems like he's been here forever and Keith Ellis. So you have a good blend of experience and, uh, um, you know, young guys. But until I see um, a superstar at that spot, I'm probably going to take last year over this year. Yeah, I think, I mean, Tig Brown was just the life force of that defense. So I agree. I do think the depth, like you said, might be better, though. And so I could see, you know, five years from now, if we're going to look back at draft picks, I, I could see easily that this class of safeties or this year's safeties are better as far as getting drafted and playing the NFL. Um, I think for our scats' sake, Kevin Winston Jr. has the ball out. And he didn't mention him. He mentioned Reed. He mentioned Zaki Wheatley, who I think are both going to play instrumental roles. But I, I know, Sean, you really like Kevin Winston Jr. I, I really like Kevin Winston Jr. I think Kevin Winston Jr. is going to play a lot of football. And for our Scats' optimistic, bold prediction question, I think Winston Jr. has got to be the guy that really impacts the game. And I think he will. Um, but that's that's going to be the key for Penn State secondary. Uh, the corners are going to be really good. Can, you know, can they make enough splash plays in the aggregate to make up for what Tig Brown did last year? Well, yeah, that goes back to what we, uh, to what we talk about a lot, um, the aggregate and uh, the old money ball, uh, Jonah Hill thing, uh, talking about making things up in the aggregate. And that's going to be what Penn State has to try to do this year. Uh, and I think they will be able to make up a lot of that production, but just everything that Tig was able to do all over the field, I think that role is going to be shared by some of the safeties, but also by Johnny Dixon. I think Johnny Dixon's going to step in to that Prowler role. Uh, he showed a knack for getting after the quarterback last year, so it's going to be it's going to be a group effort, and I do think they'll be able to. Uh, you know, recover some of the production from TIG last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for the fan questions as always. Um, please drop a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. Let us know, and we'll send you a sticker. We're stuck on 110. Let's see if we can get to 120 um, before the end of – before the start of the season. How about that? Can we get 10 five-star reviews? is before the start of the season uh, that would be that would be sweet um i did want to mention one last thing before we get out of here sean tyler donahue had a really good point at 24 7 sports uh offensive tackle chimdi ono has, has officially joined the class and so the 2023 class has now all arrived on campus so I remember last year there was a couple guys, and then there was one specific guy that never ended up showing up. Um, all or, or maybe he did show up for a day or two. But the point is, the twenty twenty three class no hiccups as far as academics, no hiccups as far as like transferring credits or anything like that. The entire class is on campus, so that's maybe a little bit of a sigh of relief. Um, everybody's there. Everyone's going to class. Everyone's well. I don't know if they're actually going to class, but everyone is. Uh, signed up to go to class, and um, the summer has about officially, if not already, started. Right, right, right. Um, but it, 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 there, in all seriousness, there is a there is a sigh of relief that there's no 
hiccups. There's no last second change of, you know, heart. Um, the 2023 class is in the books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, uh, Lonnie White was one of the, you know, top players in the class. And the thing with Lonnie was we all knew there's a chance he gets drafted in the first round or second round by a professional baseball team. And if he did, there's a good chance Penn State wouldn't get him. Franklin's still stuck with them, extended the offer, and he ended up he's with the Pittsburgh Pirates now. So, uh, and then last year, obviously, we lost um, his name escapes me right now. But we, um, you know, not everybody was uh, actually there until uh, was actually made it to uh, uh, the Purdue game, uh, made it to Week One. So. It's always a big sigh of relief when you're when everything works out from an academic standpoint and um, not getting drafted by professional baseball teams. Yeah, that. Yeah, that that that's a good way to just wrap up the show, Sean. So um, I'm, I'm going to promise because we didn't talk non-conference teams today going to go on the record and promise we'll talk about them next week. How about that? Putting let's, it on the air. Let's do it up. I'm excited to get after it. And then we'll just we'll just kind of play it by ear. Like I said, we'll I'll be moving into my new place here in a couple of weeks, so it's, it's a little bit of stuff going. I'm not 100% settled yet. So that's again why the audio hasn't been fantastic. We're uh we're making things work in the interim. But thank you guys so much for listening. Appreciate you guys being here in the dog days of summer. Penn State football, not that far away. I think we're like, what, 75 days, 74 days, I think, till the start of the season, something like that. So not far away at all. 74 for Olu. Nice. Nice. Um, did say there's a little bit of a right tackle battle still going on. So I don't know if that's just hearsay but we'll have to keep an eye on that as we head to the summer i don't know why i just made me think of that but anyway sean any <laughs> final thoughts before we get out of here uh i don't think so Corey. it feels like we covered a lot of the relevant stuff right now and um yeah the season will be upon us before you know it i mean it feels like we end up saying that every week but every week we say that it gets closer and closer and next week when we record it'll be june I don't know, probably 28th or 29th. And then all we got to do is get through July and then training camps there. So it's going to be here soon, folks. Yeah, we have we have 10 shows until the season, or 10 weeks until the season starts. We might have more shows because we might go to two a week again. But So we have less than like 14 or 15 shows until the season starts. So we think about it like that. Man. Really not that far away. <laughs> no, it's not. Not at all. At the bare minimum, we have 10 shows. At the you know, at the most, we probably have 15. So Yeah, so we're less than a football yeah. season away. Not, not far away. Okay, that made it seem further away. I think college football seasons go quicker and quicker every year. Just feels that way to me. No, I, I agree though, but when you think about it like that. Like, I don't know. That just bummed me out a little bit. 
No, oh, I'm we got sorry. we got a lot of stuff between there. <laughs> we got we got the Fourth of July. We got my birthday. I mean, what else? What else? What else do you need? Oh yeah, your birthday's coming up, and your wedding will be in a year. So, yeah, I got three weddings to go, three weddings to go to before the season starts. Wow, you have a busy couple months. Yeah, I don't have yeah. one till December. Yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, uh, Kayla Spasta, who you know, friends with us during during college and. I still hang out with. She's getting married, so. No, Shout out, I, Kayla. What's I, up? I have a wedding. I have a wedding to go to. They're having it on a Friday before the UMass game. Oh, which well, that's I mean, not I'm bad. all, all yeah, for that's it. Fine. Yep. No, and it's in, I think it's like it's, it's in Pennsylvania somewhere. But yeah, yeah. So that's a little bit different. Um, but anyway, um, I was like, okay, I guess I'm cool with that. So, uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. We'll uh. We'll be back next oh, week, wait, Corey. probably on Wednesday. Yeah. Corey, question. Is yeah. Simple yes or no. Are you inviting yeah. James Franklin to your wedding? I, I honestly had never thought about it. I'm gonna say no. If I invited a coach, it would probably it would probably be Joma <laughs> or Coach that. Spence. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Or friend of the show, Charles Huff. True. Friend of the show. Yeah. I mean, I like you should invite Joe Mo. See what he's, see what he's up to. Yeah, I feel like he'd be the most... All right, guys. Appreciate it, y'all. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think, honestly, yeah, me too. So, but thank you guys so much for listening. For Sean Kane, I'm Corey Stokes. You've been listening to Hardcore Penn State Football. Talk to you later. Good night.